Hey, it's Molly Cox uh, with The Story Goes. Um, I feel like I did that dramatically. The Story... Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> um, and I'm here with Nicole Omri, who is with Sacy, and we're going to get into all the things that Nicole knows, and that's a lot, mm. as far as I'm concerned. Don't... That's sweet. Don't... <laughs> don't me. Um, but first, I just want to remind you that The Story Goes is a fantastic collaboration between SA2020 and KLRN, uh, an opportunity to tell a more complete story of the people and organizations who are quietly, sometimes loudly, disrupting the way San Antonio operates. Um, and Nicole and C are exactly that, both quiet and loud at times, depending. Um, and I'm so glad that you're here. I it, It's always funny to me when I... Um, pull in people I know outside of work because I've known you for a very long time. Yes, you have. Like, since you were a little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you uh, were a student at UTSA while I was at UTSA. You which sure were. Which means I've <laughs> known you for a very long time. Prior to you being... Um, you were like a, a burgeoning goddess and now oh just goodness. a full-fledged Nicole faints and falls, so they can't see this, but Nicole's now on the ground. Oh, she, and you can't be too far on the ground because we're literally in a tiny closet, so you have to be like up against the wall, and it's fine. Um, tell me first, most people don't know this, and I think it's important. You've been with Stacey for a very long time, both oh, as a yes. student and now as... I, you're Queen Bee. I don't know what your official title is. So it's like the person who gets all the things done. Oh, yeah. At I like Stacey. that. I yeah. like that. I, it's a little long for a business card, but it's I fine. like it. We don't do business cards anymore. It's 2019. <laughs> right, right. It's just my scan my tattoo <laughs> right, QR code. Exactly. Um, yeah, 16 years, I believe. Um, I was 15 when I joined the program as a student in the visual arts studio. Um, we're a creative use development program working with 6th through 12th graders on site, year round, long term. So part of the Part of the contract as soon as I joined was that I was going to be there until I graduated, until they saw me out of the nest. Okay. And yeah. that's still the thing, right? Like you basically, oh, a, a student joins in and you're like, hey, we're going to see you all the way through to college. Yes. You're okay. part of our family now. You're part of the community. We want to see you grow. Um, that's something that is unique to our program that we actually get to watch students grow up, literally, and as far as uh, art, being an artist and preparing for what's next. So when you join CC at the age of 15... Uh, how did you find it? Oh, it's a good story. Um, I knew I was going to be an artist by the time I was in the second grade, and it was the the best thing. I came alive. Visual artist? Visual artist. Okay. I, I believe. I didn't have the title for it, but um, I would follow people and write down stories and everything everything uh, about them. Uh -huh. um, glitter crayons rocked my world. And it's just like wanted to dive <laughs> they in. They still sort of rock my They're, world. Uh, amazing. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but, uh, as I was preparing to join, um, NISA, so I was an eighth grader, um, preparing for a college preparatory for the, the at the Northeast School of the Arts. Okay. Um, my uncle, um, who's also creative, uh, told me about First Friday. So this First Friday art walk, why would an eighth grader know about this unless you lived on the South Side or in the Arts District? Yeah. Um, I was very far away from that. So we walked through First Friday and this gallery, um, I actually responded to the artwork, and then the labels told me that the artists were 15 and 16 and 17, and I thought, this, this is what I want. How yeah. do let me in? Yeah. Um, and I found the nearest adult that looked like they worked there and said, <laughs> how do I? And they were like, uh, I just started on this job. Let me figure it out. Uh -huh. And then he and I are still there working together. No way. <laughs> yes, Ned Manessa, shout out. Love uh, you. Love. Yes, teaching artists. Um, they really, they really guided my life and the beginning of my career okay. earlier than I, you know, some of my peers. Yeah. So you started as a student um, at 15 years old. They saw you through to college and you then went back as a staff member. Like
Like, what? How did that happen? So, because that's like, not normal. It's not. They don't normally <laughs> thank go like, you. come in and then we will keep you here forever. I hear I'm not normal every day. Thank you for the affirmation <laughs> on Thursday. You're welcome. Um, no, it's actually very much like the organization's um, philosophy, just to grow organically. Um, and so their mentorship. Um, you're an artist in the program. You're creating work to be shown. You're you're getting your your artist training wheels off. Um, on the journey to, towards college. For me, though, um, we had the opportunity to hire seniors and juniors to mentor in the middle school program. So peer-to-peer learning, reciprocal learning, is part of the way we do things. Okay. Um, and so my the end of my sophomore year, going into junior year, I started mentoring. And um, that changed my life. I started to understand what teaching artistry was, what uh, mentorship was. And um, it was my first job. So I woke up early on Saturdays as a high school student and... Um, taught sixth through eighth graders. Um, what a fantastic first job too. Oh, amazing. I yeah. would have, I mean, I would have, I was down for grocery bagging. No, I, like, yeah. You know, I was ready. <laughs> no, yeah. But then I had the I'm opportunity. Like, I was a hostess at Elmo's in Corpus. <laughs> <laughs> it was not fun. Oh. So I'm like, what a great job. Okay. Yeah. To be a mentor is, yeah. is, is super cool. Um, and so by the time I was graduating and realizing that I was going to study here in town, go mm. to UTSA, okay. um, I had the opportunity to, because we're mentors, we look, say, see, what we do is we look at those teaching artists, essentially, that are straight, the seniors graduating and going to college. If they go to school in town, then that we look at that talent as continuing to support them. And so oh, they so are teaching artists in our uh, Artist Building Communities program, ABC. Okay. So this is a branch of SACI that not a lot of people know about. And it really changed my life. So I fell in love with um, working with sixth through eighth graders that are crazy humans. They're just the the coolest, strangest, most malleable humans and hilarious. Mm -hmm. But now I was um, going into children's shelters and going into um, alternative schools and the detention center um, and really learning about the different underserved populations our students are not getting access to um, an activity or an uh, experience that changes your life, that really allows you to um, self-actualize, self-express, and heal in many in many spaces. Um, and so I was teaching with the ABC program um, my freshman and sophomore year of college, okay. straight out of CC, never left. Mm-hmm. Um, but then our ABC coordinator, so one, another alum who was overseeing and scheduling and training and basically a manager, yeah. um, decided to go to graduate school in Chicago. Fantastic. Really proud. Um, And so I stepped up. They asked me to start coordinating the program. So that was my first introduction to um, project and program management. Um, People management, it was was really um, life-changing to be able to coordinate those sites, not Mm -hmm. just teach with the students, but uh, talk to the adults who were like, yes, bring your activity, bring your stuff Mm -hmm. and your your mission into my space. Um, And so that help me to uh, declare. I hadn't declared a major at, at UTSA because I was thrown off the tr- the art school track and I realized there's something else here. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm still going to make. Maybe this art program's not for me, but um, you know what Stacey needs and most nonprofits need is um, PR. Mm-hmm. It's usually just built into your ED or whatever in small spaces like ours. Yeah, of course. Um, so I thought, I can do public relations for nonprofits. That's okay. what they need. More people know about the service, more people get served. More people know about the brilliance, um, more donors I don't donate. Yeah. So um, I studied public relations and uh, got my nonprofit management minor. That's what was offered at the time with okay. the certification where I met. Oh, well, yeah, we met there. Oh, the queen. <laughs> and so... Um, <laughs> and so... Um, 
I was still with Stacey. Um, I was getting through. I was learning. My um, Our grant manager at the time was an amazing mentor. As I was getting assignments for grant writing, I just doubled up. I helped Stacey and learned so through smart. our vocabulary. Thank you. I thought mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. pretty good. I was there anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, might as well help. But it actually, this is a way that's um, totally not part of the program, but part of our philosophy. So my grant writer... Um, that we don't have a program where oh if you happen to go study nonprofit management you can come to the office and hang out and do some homework right um, they just let that happen naturally and so um, that's that's really what um, where leadership really just branches out into everything we do yeah people assume we're an arts program but really what's happening is there's this mentorship and an affirmation that you can build and do whatever you want that's using your creative uh, talents to fit into spaces that you feel make a difference. So yeah, that's what I, happened. I want to talk more specifically about what you just said, this idea of like, it's not part of our program, it's part of our philosophy, right? And mm-hmm. I think when we think about things like say, see, like it's such a cute, oh, it's such a cute little creative <laughs> youth development. It's cute. Um, <laughs> you know, creating artists, so cute. Um, and it's like so much more than that. You were, they. I, I heard leadership development. I heard college attainment. I heard economic development, right? Like you're doing so, many things inside this tiny little brick and mortar with your students that you're serving that you're generating our our new our leaders in San Antonio that you're and I also I I'm a performance art person like my theater degree is sort of where I come in I never in a million years was like I can create like I'll draw something I'm the worst but I love uh, still glitter crayons um but I think that there's something very specific about the idea of creative youth development where every single industry that we've talked to in San Antonio and beyond has said that the things that creative youth bring to the table, right? This idea that like nothing is off limits, that we can keep moving um, always, that it's like problem solution all the time is what you're generating in the students that come to your space. And I want you to talk a little bit about sort of this philosophy of creative youth development and what that actually means. Like you're not, I hate, I hate to even say the phrase just creating artists because if that I I'm happy they that you're be an like, artist in I'm every like, room, boom, yeah. right? But also, like, it's so much broader than that because of the philosophy of Stacey. Oh, absolutely, and and thank you for that, and thank you for recognizing that. I think that's really um, it. Talks about it reflects our city, and in, in many ways, because we are a creatively talented city, and this is just the means of which we live our life. We solve problems this way. We get together and build community this way. We mm-hmm. heal this way, um, but we haven't had the language or the unified understanding. Um, I think as, as much as we do today, and and that is reflected in the programming of Stacy. We've grown organically over the last twenty five years. Um, happy birthday to us this year! Happy birthday! <laughs> Quarter of a century. Well right. done. Yeah, we started as visual arts because this is something that is accessible to all. Um, and it is uh, how we are looking and perceiving the world uh, as far as a visual aesthetic. Um, and I think that's what, why you love gr- glitter crayons. Maybe you didn't develop those specific design or artist- visual artistic skills, but mm. that comes out, that manifests in whatever medium you respond to. Yeah. And so that's that's the unified um, um, passion that our students have. That's what brings them together. But what actually happens when you get the, those kinds of students together is much broader mm-hmm. and layered and complex and beautiful. And and that's why today we talk about the work much differently than we did um, in 94 when it was starting. Um, it grew based on our students' needs and wants. And they were interested in telling their stories with different mediums. Mm-hmm. So today we exist as four distinct studios, um, but the programming has intentionally in, uh, evolved 
to be more um, cross-collaborative. We understand and we watch. We continue to talk to our alumni because it's not just I'm going to work with this 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, etc. Um, it's really let's look at where they're coming from and let's look at where they're going yeah. and how the work that they do while they're with us makes both of those sides better. And so not all the students who go to CC are interested in going to art school and being an artist in front of the easel or an actor in Broadway mm -hmm. or a video game designer. That happens, absolutely. Sure. Um, but what develops in, in working together and meeting different people and populations and talking about topics that um, other spaces don't let you because you're young, mm -hmm. um, what ends up happening is our students are using their creative talents and certainly building on those but more importantly, to say something, say what their story is and influence the community. Mm -hmm. They find an empowerment um, at CC and in the exhibits that we open to the community that I don't think youth get in a lot of spaces. So hence, the leadership skills are, are starting to burn and boil. Yeah, you've um, even sort of evolved even more recently with a, an exhibit called Stories Seldom Told, where you have mm -hmm. students, young people talking about education and poverty and sort of not only their experiences with it, but what they're witnessing in the community at large. Would you, I, I want to, I'm mildly obsessed with this notion. You should be. Um, I am. I'm, you know that my house is kind of filled with <laughs> art from Stacey. Good, everybody It's my favorite. Um, but what, tell me, help us understand sort of where Stories Seldom seldom cut told came from and like what what that looks like sure and so um part of emphasizing the the ability to get a visual artist to sit next to a theater artist and make amazing work together mm -hmm. um is is giving a space for students to leave their comfort zone and work in a completely different studio so that happens at CC. in addition um while most of the year is planned out ahead with these events, this one, the specific theme for this show is left blank because the students are going to tell us. What is that story that is seldom told? Okay. What aren't you learning in school or in mainstream media and journalism? What aren't parents or teachers or other adults in your life t letting you talk about? Yeah. And so this this is really important. I think the work of the artist as a role in community for a long, long time. Um, and so our students, very... Um, diplomatically work within their studios to talk about what's hot. What is it that they're passionate about? What should we bring to the forefront? What should we open up our entire organization, the whole building, um, for people to experience and learn and talk about? Mm -hmm. And so um, they they go through um, conversations within the studio. I bring all the leaders together. We have student liaisons, very intentional leadership positions, um, who report out. They're the spokespeople. They're learning how to be um, that voice, that governing um, voice, an elected kind of position. We talk and I remind them of the parameters calendar. It needs to be cross-collaborative. It needs to be interactive and installation-based. Okay. Um, and it needs to actually be a story that's seldom told. So while it's a problem that's not fixed, oh, it's talked about a lot in media. Okay, next. We can't do that. Got it. So over the years, um, what, what started as um, informal cities, the idea, looking at poverty around the world and mm -hmm. how cities are formed, underdeveloped cities are formed, mm -hmm. um, that the next few years we spent perfecting this process and and you know that's the beautiful thing about creating it's going to fail sometimes it's going to be good sometimes you're going to like some things and keep them and so this year um what what happened over the last two years um has really informed this year's um space and okay. and i'm excited to say that the first time we really knew okay this is working is our students wanted to talk about um inequities in public education mm -hmm. we had a show called less than equal mm -hmm. and it was what the students brought to me as educational ghettos why do some of 
always get stuck in these these educational ghettos is what they call them, where my parents are, had the same experience at school that I am today. And that yeah. was years and years and years ago. Why didn't they fix? And why don't we have better this, that, and the other? Yeah. And how come we can talk? And I know my teacher's not as invested in me as the way you talk about your teacher. Oh, wow. So um, this was a... This was a very controversial show because mm-hmm. um, our students were telling it like it is. Yeah. Nobody can argue. They're go- ones going to school. They're yeah, spending they're, eight they're hours experiencing in school. It. Yeah. Right. yeah. So it, it, adults really were like, oh, that, right. they have to hear that's really happening. Right. And so um, last year, we um, they brought to the table omitted histories. We we're looking at the tricentennial for San Antonio last year. Okay. And um, our students, being advocates and, and researchers, um, we're staunch about what about the history we're not telling because San Antonio has been here a lot longer than 300 years. <laughs> right. So obviously what right. we do is we make an entire show about all of the groups of people and, and figureheads mm-hmm. and spaces that have not been held onto in history. Mm-hmm. Why, aren't, why aren't I learning about um, indigenous folk who are here? Why don't I know what really happened uh, with the Blue Hole and the San Antonio River? Mm. What about um, the Japanese and Chinese um, populations that were here? I, we go to the Sunken Gardens but no nothing about the history mm-hmm. and I'm not getting it in school you know uh, we highlighted um, artists of color female artists of color mm-hmm. and trans artists and uh, it was just a gorgeous um, celebration of different peoples this year uh-oh. they <laughs> this, yes <laughs> the fact yes, that this uh-oh. is a, a podcast and no one can see your face as you went <laughs> this year I was like oh here it comes I'm so excited uh, we really are being stretched um the the students what they do is they, they make four four topics of, of excitement come to the forefront. They give a pitch at a student meeting with all the high schoolers there. Okay. And then they're sent a link and they vote. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a runoff, a variation runoff. Um, it's basically a mayoral election, but for awesome for ideas. For the topic. Right. For the story <laughs> yes. that we're all going Love. to tackle. Um, they decided what started as the death positive movement to really, um, we, we that one won. And so our students, 6th through 12th grade at SACE, have spent the last um, three months looking at death. What is death? And everything that that comes with. So um, a disclaimer went out to our middle school parents. You know, hey, you knew from the beginning that these kinds of topics are going to come up. We foster a a space and um, resources for students to explore and, you know, bump their heads and then get back up and create amazing things and have difficult conversations. Yeah. This is the most personal we've ever gotten. Wow. And so, um, you know, we are teaching artists. We, we brought the Chil- uh, Children's Bereavement Center of South Texas in, mm-hmm. which is Leslie Wood. Shout out. Amazing resource. Yes. Um, we, we do our best to reach out to people who are the experts. Um, and it was hard for our staff. It was really intense conversations, looking at not just grie- the grieving process, but understanding and finding out how many of our students are personally grieving right now. Oh. So it's both put tension on us, but also brought us closer, yeah. um, as the work should do. Like, tell me another space that would let 6th through 12th graders spend a whole three months talking about death mm-hmm. and, and catering to the compassion fatigue and just the discomfort and the, hey, parents... Thanks for trusting us. You know, yeah. it's it's been pretty wild, but we we had a, a student um, write a book about her mother's miscarriage and her perception from being a young girl to now. Now she's in high school, um, and she's published her first book 
illustrated by two other um, female artists in our program. It's really fantastic and is a tearjerker. But then we have these hilarious salesmen that are going to, please visit, that are going to help you learn or decide which afterlife you'd like to go for and how to invest in that. (laughs) We have Casco, a cask-based a cask-based uh, Costco where okay. you can pick up the uh, items for burial. How would you like to dispose of your body or or otherwise ritualize the end of your life? Um, <laughs> so it's 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 a pretty intense but beautiful opportunity for us to just talk about something we avoid. You yeah. know, no, but you death and politics, right? Right, right. Just shush. Don't our, talk about shush. Our students right. are like, wait, shush, shush, everything else. <laughs> right. Let's talk about this. This is the thing. Yeah. And for the duration of the night, we're open 6 to 9, April 19th. You should come out and check it out. Um, and and it's, not, it's not meant to be easy. Yeah. It's meant to change your life. It's mm-hmm. meant to make you think. Um, we also were glad to have the Children's Bereavement Center on site with us. Um, part of Story Something Told is also to connect people with how to make it better. Mm-hmm. So our students are trying to solve problems too. Yeah. You know, and so um, that it's, it's a really amazing series. We do it annually. It comes from our students. They vote on it. We find experts in the community um, or otherwise spend some time researching. So imagine a high school student who is at school eight hours a day, but then they come to SACE, usually for respite and, and reprieve, and they are researching yeah f- figuring out what is why is the funeral industry like this let me dive right, right in i'm going i've got i've gone to school all day and now respite and reprieve looks like me researching death mm-hmm. right like yes of course yes, yes yes this is the world of an artist a yeah. creative mind right mm-hmm. that your brain's sort of always moving and making connections and trying to figure things out which i totally appreciate i there's so many things I think that SACI does that is, I believe, um, a model for other organizations, other institutions, the idea of listening, asking why, shifting and pivoting based on um, who you're serving, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So we didn't didn't realize we needed to do something where we allowed them to tell stories that are different or hard. Um, And then I, so I find sort of just the model itself very important. We try to end every one of our podcasts with kind of a, a call to action. Mm-hmm. And of course, when we have um, our nonprofit friends in, they're like, donate. And I get it. I'm like, yes, always. And also, there's, uh, I, I'm curious, creative Nicole, um, what your creative call to action might be for somebody who's like, hey, I didn't even know A, say C existed, but B, you've just spoken very clearly about the amount of problem solutions that can come out of six to 12th graders who are just given a space to talk about stuff. So if I am a person who wants to sort of engage in that space, what, are, what's my call? What do I need to do? Oh my God. You want a list? Yeah. I'm, not, I'm like, I will give you a schedule. No. <laughs> step one, step one, I think is, um, is, is to look inward. Where where do you get excited about stories or about um, some sort of art? Where does it speak to you? Is it in the food that you're going to go home and cook today? Is it going to the theater? Is it walking around downtown? Mm-hmm. Um, because art is everywhere, and the way to engage in it is really just up to you. Um, I grew up in a space where the the museums and galleries were scary. They were not for me, mm-hmm. you know. And um, Stacey changed that. The art you have to recognize art 
and creativity is everywhere and so important from the the meeting you're about to run and how boring and awful the slides are to what you're going home and doing with your family mm-hmm. that, that just lets you loose and reminds them of what your personality is like and how you celebrate life. St- telling stories. The second thing I would say is you are in proximity to amazing young people or people who are otherwise oppressed. And the more you can turn on how you make space for them is is what changes the world, what changes and builds community. And I think that for me, that's what Stacey did. It was put the spotlight on me, not in a scary way, but in the, you know, you deserve kind yeah. of a way. It, it called me by my first name at 15. It, it told me that because you're brown, you should be a leader. Because you're Latina, you should be a leader um, and speak up. And, and I think if you can do that for a young person or someone otherwise not using or getting space, then, then you are changing the world. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like staring at you like, yeah, I have like hard eyes. I'm like the emoji right now, which is so silly. You um, are, you know this, but you're one of my favorite people. I think that um, you should be in all the rooms all the time, which is, you know, then you're tired because you're in meetings and meetings run by adults are the stupidest things that have ever occurred in life. Um, they should all be run by young people because then we w- it would be two seconds and there would be a call to action. And then we would all go out and create something. Um, so I appreciate it. Um, you can obviously find out everything um, that you need to know about this particular podcast at klrn.org slash the story goes. We will have links to everything, including Stacey. Um, and if you do nothing over the course of the next several uh, months, you should go see Story Seldom, Seldom Told at Stacey. Um, and then, I don't know, talk to a young person and actually... Uh, Listen. Give them space <laughs> to be them. Listen. Yes. Yeah, right. I I can't imagine the types of solutions that would occur if we would just invite young people into spaces with adults. No, my hard eyes are huge. Oh, my goodness. All right. Thank you so much for coming Thank and being you, in here in my closet with me. Thank you for inviting me into your closet. Yeah, duh. You can come back anytime. Like, we'll just keep doing podcasts with you and come up with more stuff. And then we'll also bring in a couple of your artists and have them talk to you. Let's It'll do be great. It. Let's All right, do cool. Um, I feel like the only other thing that I should tell you is... Go out and buy glitter crayons because it brings you joy.